Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Midweek Movie Club, episode three, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, this episode might be a little rushed because um, we're, fil- we're recording it literally like the night before it's supposed to come out. We're also recording it in my room as we normally do, but um, everyone's home, even though everyone's not normally home when we record. So if you hear any background noise, anyone shouting or anything like that, apologise, but, you know, it's not my house. No editing this time, just bringing out raw. Just straight raw. So there's going to be so many pauses, so much dead air, <laughs> so much time us going, <sighs> what, was, what yeah. was that bit again? I did like it. So this week, the movie that we saw was uh, Jojo Rabbit. The Taika Waititi. Mm. He's gone from the big Marvel movies back down to his little independent movies. The What was pitched to me, and this is my first, I'm going to, I really like, first of all, I really like this. We're still in, we're going to start off with spoilers as we no, do. Sta- no, no, we'll start off um, just saying whether or not you should see the film, our, our impressions, and then we'll go into spoiler talk. See the film. Yeah, I would say definitely see the film. It is a very, very enjoyable watch. Um, and yeah, I would I would pay to see it at the cinema as well. It was a nice experience. I did. I, I also did. I was there. I saw it. I saw you do that. I saw you pay. But there's not really much I want to say in terms of non-spoilers. Yeah, most of, most of the things really about this film you need to kind of talk in depth mm-hmm. to. And I mean, it's a, kind of a bit of a spoiler, but I suppose in the end the Nazis lose. Um, yeah, that was a shame. I was, <laughs> oh, you know, Hitler uh, kills himself. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I didn't see that coming. <laughs> for some reason, whenever I, I I want to say the name of this film, I always go straight. I, my man just my my brain just goes for Jojo's uh, bizarre adventure. <laughs> it's not that. It's is most certainly is not that. It's a very bizarre adventure. It's not the comedy that I think the um, trailers pitch it as. I don't think that's a spoiler, because I think if you were going into this thinking that it was going to be a comedy, I would rather know, especially if I was going in like expecting just pure Taika Waititi madness, like Ragnarok, Hunt for the Wild. I mean, Hunt for the Wonder People has elements of seriousness to it, but it isn't the fun imaginary friend Hitler romp that the trailers make it out to be. It real sad. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, I was ex- honestly, I was expecting a full on comedy film, but it, it was really deep. Yeah, I was expecting dark comedy, like um, I'm trying to think of what a good example of what I was kind of expecting something to feel a little bit like a less surrealist, Molly Python, maybe a bit black addery. It felt maybe that's just the time period in which it was set. It's like, I don't know. I was expecting dark comedy but still comedy nonetheless this was just dark with some very small light bits to it yeah but i liked it yeah i i really liked it i going into this movie i didn't see or I, rather i didn't i didn't see much, many of the trailers i didn't really have much knowledge of the movie um so everything was quite a good surprise to be honest for me um, they like, were all good surprises. No, well, I did. I didn't. Some even of them know, were real sad. <laughs> I didn't even know Scarlett Johansson was in this movie until oh, wow, okay, until so I actually watched it. <laughs> um, uh, so I think should we go into spoilers now? Then yeah. Um, give a quick just okay. So let's say you like Connor, you haven't seen the trailers, you have no idea what's going on. What this essentially boils down to is it's a um look at World War Two. 
uh, and the sort of the rise, not the rise of, because they're already in power, but like it's the Nazis and it's a look at the Nazi youth program through the eyes of a, this kid who is a nice kid, but he really wants to be a Nazi and he really wants to just kill the Jews yeah. to the point where his imaginary friend isn't a fun cowboy or an astronaut. It's just Hitler. <laughs> it is Adolf Hitler in all of his glory. Like, he, he he plays it off as quite a goofy character, but there are like, times where like even the the imaginary Hitler just snaps and goes mm. full on like full on like Nazi mode. It is it's Taika Waititi playing Hitler as well. Yeah, so I mean, go see the movie. Definitely go see the movie. Yeah, if you haven't already, I would go and see it. I don't think it's an eighteen. It's not overly gory, but it's just like the themes are almost. It's quite violent in terms of the topic and the theme and stuff. Yeah, there's a there's quite a lot of death and talking of genocide which as was world war Two. yeah uh very true i mean i would imagine I mean, if you go see a, a film set around the nazi regime you you don't really expect sunflowers and daisies do you not even if it is made by one of the goofiest men that currently exist <laughs> yes uh also when he when when he was trying to do it in a german accent you could he, he wasn't even trying you could definitely hear his like new zealand yeah he's got quite a thick kiwi kiwi accent and it just it just proper comes through. He doesn't even like he isn't even like I mean Hitler wasn't blonde hair, blue eyes, but he doesn't even look close to like what like no. something that could pass. No, it it's absolutely ridiculous. It's basically take away TT with a, a fake mustache. That's that's all. And the hair. And he keeps changing his uniform, which is very funny. I didn't even notice that actually. Yeah, yeah. He keeps as I think what it's supposed to be and maybe this is just me. But I think it's like every time the but the Hitler in real life changes his outfit, or like every time the kid gets a new poster or something of Hitler, the Hitler changes. Hitler in his head changes to the new outfit that he's seen. Oh, that's interesting. Because at one point, and this isn't a spoiler, um, like the kid's trying to have a serious conversation with Hitler. And he's got that outfit on that's quite famous, where he has the big wide pants. Yeah. And he can't, he's like, do you like them? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like them. I, I didn't even clock that he wasn't wearing those, to be honest, at the beginning of the film. Oh, I don't think so, unless I've, unless I've totally imagined this. And maybe I, maybe people will watch it and tell me I'm wrong. And that the only thing that changes is the hole in the side of his head. Spoiler alert, Hitler kills himself. But who cares? I'm glad he's dead. Mm. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm a visionary. I'm glad Hitler's dead. <laughs> oh, controversial. I know. Uh, so, spoiler talk. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already spoiled the ending of the movie, but uh, so he's one of the one of the things that was really sad in this movie mm-hmm. was death, a particular death. Yes, should we maybe talk a little bit about um, sort of the characters? Yes, yeah, because I'm, I'm, you sort of need a I'm bit probably, of context for that. Death yeah, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably getting ahead of myself there. Yeah, it's just it was so damn sad. I need to get it out. I need to talk about it. It's like therapy for me. So the the point of the film is, like I said, it's this kid who wants to be in the what's it called? Is it in the Third Reich? He wants to be he wants to be part of the Hitler Youth, and he tries really hard, but he he ends up um throw like he ends up in a grenade accident and it scars him. And because he's scarred, now he's like damaged goods and he's not allowed to be part of the army anymore. Yeah, at least until he properly heals. Which uh, it's it's not really for definite that he will fully heal because I mean after that he's he's got a limp throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and it and everyone seems to comment saying like he's he's past his recovery so I think that I might mean be he, as he good was as thrown across game. a forest by a grenade he's probably yes. in what the forties 
<laughs> yes. where medicine wasn't great. Yes, yeah, very true. Uh, that's what. So he, he got his his nickname from um, uh, the other kids of the Hitler Youth tried to convince him to slaughter a rabbit or snap its neck like right mm-hmm. in front of him, but he wouldn't do it because he's not really a violent child. He doesn't want to cause violence. He doesn't want to hurt anybody yeah. really. He just. I think he just looks up to Nazis for some. Well, I mean, probably because they were prevalent. It's just, I mean, he's a kid playing soldier. Yeah. If like essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, he refuses to kill this rabbit. So they just start calling him George or Rabbit. Don't yeah, they? I was wondering where the name going into it. I was wondering where the the nick, like whether that was going to be his nickname or that was his real name or something. Yeah. Or whether that was going to be the name of something, but. Or maybe he was just an anime fan. I yeah, don't know. it does. It, it feels natural though. Yeah. Um. The sort of it didn't feel forced. Like I think a lot of that sort of stuff can do. Like especially, and this is well off topic, but the way they do the naming of, um, the characters and like the teams and stuff in a lot of the Marvel films, I think feel really, really forced. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And he's not George Rabbit. It's not. It's not a hero. He's not a superhero. He's not like a rabbit themed Nazi hunter. Although I would watch that film. I would totally watch that film. I need to write that film and get it out there because the world needs to see it. But he won't do it. And then when he's trying to prove himself with the grenade, he ends up in not house arrest, but like bed rest. And in doing and in being on bed rest, he finds living in his walls a little Jewish girl. A Jew. A filthy. Actually, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not even gonna. Not even gonna no, say it. Do not do because this do will not, be taken out of context. A devil horned, white skinned, like the the pictures that they paint to these kids in this film is absolutely. Oh yeah, like like the uh, the 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 Jewish people have horns and they worship the devil and they they eat children and 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 they can like fly and they're all telepathic between each other and stuff. It sounds like no wonder the kids want to kill them. They sound like monsters. Yeah. Uh, and it, like he's obviously distraught that he's there's a Jewish girl living in his house. Yeah, which uh, you would be if there was a devil in your walls, you'd be pretty upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, it's like a a bedtime story, like a monster in a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he doesn't actually like in that time. He's not interacting with them. He's not seeing them. So it's, it's literally all just stories to him. Yeah. So it is like literally having like the boogeyman in his walls, mm-hmm. and then it's just essentially from then on the story of them two getting to know each other and sort of it's more of a, a relationship driven drama with some very very few and far between comedy scenes pretty much all of which i think come from the ridiculousness of uh Taika Waititi's portrayal of the character of Hitler there's also the the sharp fat kid who's uh, quite hilarious oh yeah as well. he's he, he's more like Oh, I hope he doesn't die. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, like, I don't think he does. I think he survives. No, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. But he's probably he, arrested for him yeah, war crimes at the end because he is in the Hitler Youth. Oh yeah, he's oh he, he he's a soldier by the end of it, a child soldier. Um, God, he was so funny. He was so adorable as well. I just <laughs> I just wanted to protect him from the world. I was gonna say I wanted to give him a hug, but by the end they're strapping grenades to the kids and making them hug people. So <laughs> yes. I don't really don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I I really I really enjoyed the 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 writing of of the relationships between all of the characters. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, um, especially the writing between Giorgio and I, uh, the Jewish girl. I can't remember what her character's name is. Um, but yeah, the the thing that I enjoyed the most of this movie was was the building of their relationship mm-hmm. through the short conversations that they have of uh, you know him threatening <laughs> threatening her and and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um. 
it was written really well and it was believable the growth from you know just pure hatred to essential well essentially he falls in love with her doesn't he yeah pretty much by the end of it um yeah it's yeah he pretty much is um i thought that he he was believable the writing was believable that he was a kid as well yeah he felt like a kid and, yeah and she felt like somebody like like an angsty early teens but like an angsty early teens that had seen that some real shit. Yes. Which fair play she had. Yeah, and that is persecuting fear for her life. They were good. They were good actors though. Very, they very good. They weren't like shit kid actors. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult to find uh, a kid actor who is as good. Um, like the, I mean, I don't want to pick on him, but the like the short fat kid. Some of his line deliveries were not not great, but. I didn't really care mm. just because because him him in himself was just hilarious. I don't think the kids were German either, and they're all doing German accents, and they're really good. Yeah. Oh, they're like I guess they're not really like a German accent. They're like I would say that the the short fat kid was more. It was just it was like a Southern English accent almost mm. from what I remember. But I mean, Giorgio specifically. Yeah, he, that kid's great. Yeah, and he but, it isn't like philosopher stone acting. Where they're like, what? Huh? Um, huh? I said my line now. Like he's really believable, and he because he goes through some shit as well. Um, his father is off. He thinks he's off fighting in the war, but people are telling him no. He's a deserter. He has, hasn't reported to his station in like three years or something. Yeah, like I think he thinks he's like missing in action or something like that. But later in the movie, we find out that's not the case. Do we find that out for, for a fact? Yeah, I, th- I mean, you can the assumption can be made because we found out later his mum seems pretty switched on with all the war and stuff, but then it turns out she is part of the resistance. It's never stated, but it's pretty like with her actions. Yeah, well, t- she's handing out. F- she's she's yeah. housing. She's willingly house housing this. this yeah, Jewish that's true. Girl. Yeah, sorry, we didn't say that. Yeah, she is willingly housing this Jewish girl who was she was friends with Jojo's sister. They went to school together, so the mum sort of knows this girl. Yeah, and she reminds her of her daughter, mm-hmm. who is 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 dead somehow. I don't think we find out how no, she died. I think it's a war effort. It, it must be surely. It's war related. She's a, she's a casualty of the war, but she wasn't a fighter. Yeah, um, and so I guess since her daughter died, she'd been she'd probably, you know, resents the war, so mm-hmm. starts helping Jewish refugees to mm-hmm. hide and escape the country. And that's it. That's what I, one of the things I really like about the mum, is that she isn't pro or against Nazis. She, I mean, obviously she should be against Nazis, but she isn't like she doesn't take a side. She just wants the war to be over. Yeah, she just exactly. doesn't. She she's just anti-war. She isn't for a side. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't hate the Jews. So there's there's. Well, that's true. She's anti-genocide as well, I suppose. Yeah. Which is you know, it's a difficult stance to take, but I respect she, her. She's she's anti anti. Uh, Oh, what's the word? Semitism. Sem- yeah, she's anti-anti-Semitist. She, she, she's all for the Jews, mm-hmm. which is probably a, a a rarity in Nazi Germany. Um, pretty much. And that's Scarlett Johansson's character, isn't it? So, and she she makes a very good performance of a single mother and um, trying to raise her child who wants to be a Nazi in the best way that she could possibly can do. Yeah, because he isn't a malicious child. He isn't like going out. He loses. Then they give him a knife really early on. He keeps losing it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's a really good like 
mother. Their, their relationship's really good as well, actually. I think I prefer their relationship to the one with him and the girl. Just because they have such a really good mother, like, son relationship. He, and this is going to sound like a diss, but it's not meant as a diss, because I was the same at that age. He's such a little mummy's boy, and he's pampered in this, like, not like in a way that he's spoiled, but he clearly just, like, desperately needs his mum. And it's like, I, the, the way they play that relationship, where they're almost like best friends, is really good. Yeah. I like it a lot. And it. Yeah, I really enjoy the scene where they go out together for the day on the bikes and by the, yeah. the, the river or the canal or wherever it is. Um, and just their, their interactions mm-hmm. uh, on that day, it, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like you were watching an actual parent and child. Yeah. And he isn't even. I said I say he's a mummy's boy, but she doesn't coddle him at all. No, she... at one point she ties his shoes together and just leaves him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, oh well, you, you should have learned to tie your own shoes. Bye bye. Yeah, and um, let, should we talk about what happens to the kind of yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, later that so all the, that good stuff between their relationship. You see, the uh, the only makes this worse. I, I think the this um this development happens I think in a really clever way as well because. Throughout the entire movie, they they sort of without they do it very subtly without kind of intentionally showing you. They put a real focus on the mother's shoes. Yeah, she's got these very distinctive, like almost off-white and brown brogues. Yes, and and like I didn't realize throughout the entire movie, it, just, it didn't even clock until until this moment where you see you see in the middle of the town there's there's hang there's people hanging um Jews uh, like, or people who help Jews yeah um like anti-Nazis. executed anti anti-Semites <laughs> yes anti anti-Semites if you will um and he comes out of I don't know some building probably that he's the, hanging posters that's one of the things that, they've that, been doing yeah that's it and then he sort of backs into a dead person hanging there and his mum's shoes uh, are there like you never see you never see the the, the woman's face no. you just see him look at, at the shoes, realise that those are his mother's shoes, he looks up, mm-hmm. and the look on his face as well. Well, that speaks to how good of an actor that kid is, because he really sold that. He definitely and did. And he just kind of drops and sits there until it goes dark. Yeah, he, he tries to, at one point, he tries to like pick his mum up to stop her from hanging, but he obviously he's a kid and he couldn't, couldn't do that. And, and was, she's been there for a while. Yeah, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like I, I almost started welling up in the in the cinema. Um, my tears are, uh, my eyes are watering actually just thinking about it. Um, it w- it was a very very powerful moment. Yeah, I didn't see it coming either. No, neither did I. I was like, I don't I don't know why, and I feel like an idiot looking back on it, but I had absolutely no inclination they were going to kill the mum. No, not at all. And I was when they did it, I was like, you fucking genius! How have not only well done for doing it how did you get it to the point where i didn't see this coming exactly yeah some, it's it's a war film some somebody had to die yeah. they're not going to kill jojo or the girl of course it was going to be his mum yeah but the the uh, the way they did it oh, it's so clever like as soon as i saw those shoes i was like no mm-hmm. fuck no yeah he cuz i remember he isn't even looking at them yet but but we see him yeah. and i went, i i agree I went in my in my head i went oh no like, but I hadn't even realised that I knew that those were her shoes. Like, because up until that point, if you'd have said to me, "Draw the mum's shoes," I'd have been like, "I don't know, they're all old shoes, the nineteen forty shoes." I don't know. But the second I saw them, I instantly recognised them, and that was such a good piece of filmmaking mm-hmm. that they'd slowly, they'd almost fed us this Chekhov's gun without us knowing. Yeah, like one one scene in particular, 
looking back after that after you know the, the finding the the body um was when on the day we were just talking about where they go out by the canal and uh, for the day on the bikes um he the the frame was was what i thought the frame was focusing on Giorgio, but um his mum was standing on the wall behind him mm-hmm. so her shoes were face height with Giorgio. so i think the intention there was to yeah, focus this whole the shoes shot of- you think it's of him, but really it's also this association of her shoes. Exactly. Well, that sh- what that scene does really well as well, I think. And this is probably the most in-depth we've talked about, like, actual film. Yeah. Because it's just because this is such a good film, and it's not mm. popcorn cinema. It's a real good film. Oh, yeah, and it's a very, very well made. I feel like just throwing out a, a, mm-hmm. out a bunch of terms there, like the maison scene was... <laughs> the maison plus was so... <laughs> uh, That's it cooking. Was, it, was, it was brilliant. It really is. Yeah. But that scene's really good for another reason, I think is because you've got him walking along and and she's sort of up on the top, almost doing like a, a dance step as she's walking. Mm. And it, it gives it paints this really interesting picture of like of their relationship because although she is a really good mum, she's also a really fun mum. Yeah. And she's almost trying to like drag him into this childish element that he wants to step out of. He wants to be like a, a soldier and an adult. Yeah, but she's almost more childish than than he is. Well, that's the interesting thing of the scene. I think is looking at her. You have her up on the wall with him down low. It's this real juxtaposition of their characters because obviously she's the mum. Mm-hmm. Whereas if if you were t- typically seeing a mother and a child walk down a street while one of them's running along the wall, one of them's walking on the ground, it's the other way around. It's the kid up there, and it is. It's the most childish person up there. It just so happens that the most childish person in their relationship is the mum. Yes, I mean, really, he's the most immature because he doesn't really understand the way the world works. Uh-huh. But it's uh, I mean, it's a it's looking back, I didn't realize how important and good that scene was, and I think it's because the dialogue is like it's. I, mean, I can't remember exactly what they're saying, but it's important dialogue to push the plot forward. Yeah, and yeah. they just crap so much into that one scene. It's no, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can't, I can't remember specifically what they were talking about, but I remember it. It was, you know, it was, it was important dialogue. It's fairly late on in the film as well. Was it? It was it him. It's in the second third. Yeah, was it? Was it's it? Af- it's the they're coming home from the day trip. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think. Was it? Was it? Was she talking about how she thinks he he should be a child more? Maybe. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I think so. I think it's her telling him not to grow up. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's re- the reverse grow up speech. Yeah. <laughs> grow I down. Mean, I mean, it was it, because I mean because I can't remember it specifically. It sounds like it's not an impactful scene, but it, it, I mean it, it it is. But it's it, there's, there's just a lot happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really um, it's a dense character film. I wouldn't say too much happens plot wise, but I think the character development and the intu- entwination entwiningness. The intuitions of their <laughs> relationships. You like Shakespeare? Become just real your own words. Sure, yeah, you just made up words. It's not good. <laughs> but their um, their relationships and stuff, the way they intertwine and develop, is really like by the end, it's a very dense, like it's a dense cake of relationships, and I ate it all up. It was so delicious. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it was a very very inter- interesting character movie. Um, and not one I would have thought. Like if you'd have told me. Oh yeah, there's this comedy drama, and it's about a kid whose imaginary friend is Hitler. I'd have been like, "No, sounds shit." You're just trying to be edgy for the sake of it. Yeah, I think, I think the one of, or if not the the main reason I watched this movie was because it was a Taika Waititi movie. Yes, I think. I c- other than the fact that Scarlett Johansson's in it, 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, like I said before, I didn't even know she was in the movie. But I, I don't think this is something that would have even been on my radar if, if somebody like Taika Waititi wasn't directing it. The, the sad thing is, I don't think. Um, and yeah, yeah, and I think the re- the really sad thing is, I don't even think Taika Waititi would be on my radar, not properly, if it wasn't for Thor Ragnarok. No, because yeah, you're right. About I it, yeah. like, I didn't even realize I knew who he was. Um, until Thor Ragnarok, and I looked back and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's the guy from Green Lantern." I fuck, I I literally the second realized that he was in Green Lantern. Yeah, he's Ryan Reynolds' friend. <laughs> oh damn! I mean, I knew him from um, the oh what what's it what is it? Um, Hunt for the Wilder People. No, the one about the vampires. Oh yes, um, what we do in the shadows. That's it. Yeah, I, I knew see. Him from I knew that. about what we do in the shadows, but I didn't know that was anything to do with him because I haven't seen it. No, well, it's been so long since I watched it. Um, I I don't know. He he, he and it wasn't. I mean, it was a funny film, but it wasn't. It didn't really have like a leave a mark on me. So, um, I didn't. It didn't even really clock who who he was at the time. No. Until later on, and then I saw Thor Ragnarok, and I was like, "This guy's pretty cool. Um, he's a pretty good director." So, and then I went back and then see what other films he'd done. I was like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." And the sense of humor. It's yeah. It, it's it's his sense mm-hmm. of humor. Yeah, it's more like what I imagine um, this film is a lot more like uh, What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People than it is Thor Ragnarok, which is this massive money-driven like blockbuster. Whereas this, I don't imagine it... I mean, period stuff costs a lot. We haven't looked at the price up for this one. The pri- I mean, the budget. Um, but period stuff, because you got to get costumes and sets and stuff, that costs a lot. Mm. But... Um, Usually you would also have to... Not as much as making the Hulk, like the CGI Hulk. Usually you would also have to employ researchers for historical films, but I don't think he really gives a shit in this movie. No, he was a bit like, I'm playing Hitler, I'll do whatever I want. Fuck him, he's a dick. Exactly, and which is, uh, you know, it's a refreshing take on the character. Plus I think it said at the beginning that it's based on a book. Yes, it it said based on on a novel. I I don't know anything about the the novel itself though. No, I'd be interested to see if the book's funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in my experience, it's kind of difficult to get humor across written. See, I thought this actually. I think this is this is um something I wanted to come on to. After seeing this, I actually went home and googled like, what are some funny books? Because I don't think. I actually have read a funny book. I've, I've read, read some comics and stuff that are funny-ish. Yeah, I've read I've read countless comics and and a lot even more manga that I, you know, I laugh out loud loud mm. with. Uh, but you know, you've got something visual there to look at. Books. Uh, there's been books in the past where there's there's been funny parts in it, but if I but I have a feeling that if I saw it, um, it would be much more funny. Like the Ables for instance. I was just going to say the Ables. I'm looking at my bookshelf now to see what I've got. And yeah, the only one I can really think of is, is it, the Ables. Is it Jeremy Scott that wrote that? It is, yeah. From the YouTube channel um, Movie Sins, or Cinema Sins, rather. Um, yeah, he, he wrote that book a few years ago. And I bought you that, actually, when you broke your leg dinner. So yeah, because I was desperately bored for something I'd do, yeah. to the point where I would read a book. Yes. Uh, um, and there, there are funny parts in that. But they're not like laugh out loud kind of funny. It's more like exhale with more force through your nostrils kind of funny. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I I honestly can't think of a a funny book because I was going to ask you: Is there another comedy book that you've read that you would 
like to see turn into a film? You see, the books I read, I, I don't tend to read comedies. To be honest, I'm I'm more no. I'm more into I don't know, like um, sci-fi or thriller or action. Yeah, most of the books I read are sci-fi. Yeah, like a like a I don't know, like a Jack Reacher or um, the Maze Runner or I don't know, uh, Kizu Monogatari. Um, as well, I suppose. Now that I've said that, Kids in Monogatari is can is quite funny. Yeah, but like you say, those like I think manga and comics and stuff do slip in humor the way that like the Marvel movies slip in humor. Well, Kids in Monogatari, I mean, it, it's not a manga, um, or at least not in English anyway. It, I I read the actual book of of it, the the, the novelization, the the light novel. Um and it and it was it was funny. Um, mm. not again, not laugh out loud funny. I mean, there was there was a part in it where he, like, for a full like five ten minutes straight, he talks about a woman's underwear, which is is funny just because of of the amount of detail of, of that. <laughs> that sounds um, like a like a good book. Yeah. Um. So, but other than that, I can't. I mean, even then, it it wasn't laugh out loud funny. It was just. It it was no. just, it was funny because it was going on for so long unnecessarily. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that this film was laugh out loud funny most of the time. The only parts where I was like really laughing out loud was the Hitler stuff, and I actually don't know. I would be interested to see if that's even in the book because I think you could very easily take it out. Oh yeah, um, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me to be honest if most of mm-hmm. uh, what Taiko Titi did was improvisation. Yeah, because uh, he seems like the type of guy that would do that. All that stuff really serves to do is get Jojo's thoughts out there. But that the script is good enough and the kid is a good enough actor that he was like, he would be upset and he'd walk into a room and like Hitler would be like, what's wrong? And he'd be like, I'm upset. And I'd be like, yeah, I could tell that from your face. This is funny. But all you're doing is getting your thoughts out there and I could tell that from the situation you're in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if anything, it was too good for that device. Like that device would sit in a worse film. Mm. And it would, well, but in a worse film it would be overused. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to read the book just to see if if I'm going to read the book I that think. is there I would l- tell you what I would like an audio book read by Taika Waititi oh that would be freaking brilliant that would be great especially if he's doing Hitler I again would, I would love that mm-hmm. I would I would you... pay tens of pounds for that right we're going to get on Twitter and we're going to at Taika Waititi and at it might the already read exist, you know. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, we're going to check Audible first. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but it's a it's a good service. You want an audiobook? Audible, please sponsor us. And we're going to, if it's not there, we're going to find uh, the woman who wrote, I think it's a woman that wrote the book, actually. I don't know why I think that. I might be wrong, but I feel like it's a woman that wrote the book. I feel like you might be right as well. I, I think they definitely said at the beginning of this film, a novel by, and this this woman's name. We're going to find her and take her a tea on Twitter, and we're going to hashtag... Hitler audio, hit, hashtag take away TE audio read the book please now that's, 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 that's not stiffy enough well to be fair it's very unique so I think you'll be the only one with that hashtag <laughs> oh yeah we'll be the only people <laughs> using a hashtag you right you look, you look like you're gonna say something really important and profound Hitler's just a douche <laughs> good night everyone <laughs> uh, all in all uh, it was probably the best movie I've seen this year. I'm just trying to think what we've seen this year. Um, ooh, yes. It's it's one of those films that... That was weird. I didn't, didn't even make those noises. That was weird. <laughs> ooh, yeah. Um, it was... It's difficult, I think, because it falls into the same category of things like 
um, Logan, for example, the Wolverine film, where it it's technically good, and I enjoy enjoy is maybe not the right word. It's technically good. I appreciate that, and I didn't have a bad time watching it. But it's difficult to say that I like it because of the subject matter and how dark it is. Yeah, at least personally for me, I wouldn't say that I like Logan. I'd probably put it in like some of my top favorite films of all time, but I can't actively say that I like it. No, I think that's probably just because it's such a drag. Like it's so depressing all the time, mm-hmm. and this th- this is kind of also depressing. But it's it's broken up with light comedy mm-hmm. every now and again, um, which thank God because if it wasn't, I would be so mm. depressed. Come and I'd, this film, it, it's not something that I would ever rewatch. I don't think. No, I don't. The coming-of-age element of it with the kid is really what saves it for me. Like, if it was just the the what, Nazi war drag stuff, and then the occasional just like, real spike of like, I'm a funny Hitler, and then come back down, I don't think I would like it as much as I did. It's the gradual up and down of the fun interplay of the relationships and the coming-of-age stuff with this kid. Yeah. That just take it from like being really sad to it's dark but it's kind of not overly sad but not on un- un- sad and then it's the, then because you're already there you're already in the middle the ridiculous stuff is less of a leap and it's more enjoyable i think because it's not as much of a crash when you come back down yeah i would agree with that completely yeah i mean i i am one for um watching like you know serious films and um like 1917 for instance which is out at the moment uh, is something that i really quite want want to see yeah, I'm uh, more interested in seeing that as more of a as a technical aspect. Yeah, um, it might be something that we can see um, and review or talk about on on this podcast. To be honest, in in the future, um, but it, yeah, the the subject matter itself isn't isn't an issue for me. Um, I, the the reason why I wouldn't watch it is just because I don't think I would have the same emo- it, it wouldn't have the same emotional impact the second mm-hmm. time round. Yeah, g- going into it knowing a lot of the things you know. Yeah, and even and knowing that in the end everything's okay. I mean, we know the Nazis aren't going to win. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily know that all the characters were going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they come out on top, but not dead and not in prison, which yeah. is pretty on top for 1945 or whatever it is. Yeah. The war oh, finishes. Can we can we please talk about some some? Uh, I'm, ra- glad, I'm, I'm glad we got here. Uh, supporting cast. It's real vast, and they all do a great job. They they all do a fantastic job. Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen will start with a particularly good. Oh yeah, the, the, there is definitely some sort of sexual tension between those <laughs> yeah, two characters. It's, <laughs> it's it's a different sexual tension to what there was between Hugh Grant and Charlie Hunnam last week, because yes. this is requited sexual tension. <laughs> but it's also in Nazi Germany where it's like, then it'll be real careful. <laughs> yeah. They don't even really acknowledge it. It's just like these longing glances into each other's eyes. Yeah, there was one. There was one scene where um, where they just walk into uh, into a room and then just I think they're like feeding each other cake or something like that. <laughs> they are. They're just feeding stuff to each other and yeah. like I'm pretty sure at one point one of them like does up the other one's zipper or tucks in their shirt or something. They have their hands in that area. Yeah, and the, it's the, real weird. There's one where like they. They're just talking to each other, gazing at each other at other's eyes, about two inches away from each other's faces. Yeah, <laughs> just, and you're like, oh, this is a real eyes. queer baiting in this Hitler movie. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, and then 
the the outfit that um the Sam Rockwell's character designs for the end. It's it's so camp. It's incredible. Mm. It's got like feathers and everything, <laughs> and like uh, it's got a, a speaker system as well. Which um yeah, that the Alfie Allen's just sort of carrying around with him yeah. like a little little lap dog. Oh god, it's so funny and throw. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that yeah that's probably one of the saving graces for the movie as well yeah i mean sam rockwell's brilliant everything he's so likable even when he's a bad guy he's so likable and stuff yeah uh, but and then <laughs> oh, i keep laughing at every time i picture him in that outfit yeah because he draws this i mean we're in spoilers now so you've either seen it or you don't care um he draws this like really flamboyant version of his nazi uniform with like like wing capes and yeah. it's so colourful. And it's 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 like it a child's like, drawing. <laughs> I was just gonna say it looks like a child's drawing. <laughs> it looks like like his son was like, I've seen Daddy in uniform, I'm gonna make Daddy's uniform better. And, and then he just shows up in it in the final battle. Yeah, and like he's so he's good. so protective over the images as well. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, and yeah, they're like copyright, you can't use this. <laughs> God, I, I absolutely love him. Also in that team of like the people who train the Nazi youth you have Rebel Wilson, and she she's she's Rebel Wilson essentially. Isn't yeah, it? she's not as Rebel Wilson as she is in some stuff. I'm not a massive Rebel Wilson fan. She for me is very much the same as Melissa McCarthy, where it's like, look at me, I'm fat and I'm not a typical woman, and that's hilarious. Yeah, they, they essentially not right jokes. Yeah, they essentially do the same thing and play the same character in almost every single movie mm-hmm. they're in. Uh, it's not the case in all of the films, no. um, but most of the time it is. This, she was better because I don't think they relied on that, but I think that's because the writing's really good or the writing is from a comedian. Yeah. She was very much like, she's like kind of not stupid, but a little ignorant, but she's real into the Nazi stuff as well. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, this is for the best. Come on, girls, let's start getting pregnant. Come on, you know, kids, let's send you off to war. And she's just like... She's the one strapping the grenades to the little boys back and telling them like, "Go, go, give the give the Americans a hug." <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's. <laughs> I think she's good, incredibly good in this movie mm-hmm. actually. Um, like her her line delivery, mm-hmm. and and like the way she just proper deadpans. Like, yeah, she's like, really dry. Uh, and it it just comes off as I don't know. It's just funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other supporting one I can think of, and maybe you can think of others, is. The and I forgot he was in it. Stephen Merchant. I was about to say Stephen Merchant as, as well. the like papers officer. What are they called? Um, the uh, they go around and they hunt for Jewish people in walls. Oh Christ! Yeah. Um. Oh, what are they called? Um, we'll think of it. Yeah. Everyone knows who we mean. Yeah. The the like the big bad of mm. the Nazi operation. Yeah. And he's real creepy. <laughs> and you don't realize incredibly creepy. Yeah, you don't realize how like weirdly lanky and tall he is. Oh yeah, he's like seven foot tall. Yeah, but it's like they stick him in this long black trench coat, and it kind of hugs him, but it's weirdly too big for him as well. And he just constantly has this grin on his face, and he's really like he's like a politician where his his demeanor is really pleasant, but like you can tell he's a murderer. <laughs> He's oh, like yeah. a straight up child murderer. He he would he would happily um uh, slit the throats of a dozen babies in front of their mother. Yeah. And uh, has probably. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, he's 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 eerily creepy, but mm-hmm. he's also quite likable at the same time, which is very very difficult to pull off. Mhm. And Yeah, he's weird in like he's having this conversation with the kids about like how awful the Jewish people and stuff are, and it's 
other than the contents of the, what he's saying, it's almost like a teacher talking to kids or like yeah. like a friendly uncle. Yeah, he, but he's I, talking about murdering he, the Jews. He, yeah, when he when he finds um, JoJo's notebook with all of the uh, the, the illustrations of, of what he thinks yeah. the Jews look like, um, like with the, um, what, what was one like it's got puppet strings or something like that, and then the puppet strings are attached on one end. It was attached to a Jewish person, person, and the other end it was attached to the devil, mm-hmm. and and then it. He's just looking at this picture and he's like, "Oh, it, it, the the Jew is controlled by the devil." <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just like, and he's like, "Oh, men, come and have a look at these funny drawings." Yeah, it, <laughs> and and like he, he thanks him. I suppose the the girl takes credit for it as to not be be killed by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he thanks thanks them for the drawings because it made his day. And yeah, and he's like, maybe if you keep working on it one day, you might get to show it to Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this reward, like yeah. almost like, well, if you well, if you sleep tight, kids, you might get to meet Santa. Oh god, it's yeah. almost like it's like this massive reward just to be like to to get to show your work to to the Führer. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's one thing that I would have really liked in this movie as well is those assholes from the beginning, like the older kids in the Hitler Youth. I would have loved it if they if you if you saw them die in the war like that sounds yeah. bad but they were just they were irredeemable assholes you see him come back don't you on the on the back of a van and they're like because you see him you see him as soon as jojo gets home from the hospital and stuff you see some of them go past in uniform on the back of an open van yeah and bra- they're like bragging about how, how they're dr- soldiers yeah, we get yeah. to go to the war and stuff now and then you see an open van come back with some like so it's like soldiers but some of them are on the ground on the floor in the van the ones that aren't are like just like bandages across the face, and they're all like shit. I don't think those characters are are in there though. I think that's just mm. generic soldiers coming back from war, injured. But they were young, like, and it does give you it gives you that impression of like these kids. Maybe some of these kids aren't coming back, and so yeah. the ones that are, yeah, yeah. In it, the end, they're all rounded yeah. up and shot by oh, the yeah. fucking Americans. Yeah. If if this movie wasn't framed in a Taika Waititi comedy film or a dark comedy film, it would be a horribly depressing slog. Like, as was World War Two. Well, yes, yes. Um, I mean, but generally, those kind of movies aren't my 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 thing because I just don't like to be depressed all the time. Yeah, I I get what you mean. It's I wouldn't say that it's depressing. I wouldn't say that it's. F- There's some elements of it that are fun. Yeah, it's well, it's no. The, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's it's a fun movie because it's it's yeah. not it's not just the yeah. all these people are dying. Mm-hmm. There's genocide, mass genocide going out, wholesale slaughter of a people. Mm-hmm. It was just that going through. It's it, it wouldn't be, but because mm-hmm. because Taika Waititi is uh, an imaginary Hitler, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's good. It, yeah, it, I like that they they've made a standalone film. I like that in the world of sequels and prequels and all that that we have at the minute. I like that it's just like, this is this. Maybe there's a second book, but I've got to hope there isn't because I hope this is just it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way that you can make a second. Watch it. There's going to be a sequel coming out next mm-hmm. year or something. No. Yeah, like literally there's, the day that I post this, it'll yeah. be announced. There's no way you can make a, a sequel to this. And you don't no. you don't want one because it's a closed story. It has, an, it has a beginning and ending. What more yeah. do you want? I, I do think, not that it's a shame that it's from a book, but I do wish there was more like, if this was if this was like an original idea, I think this would be the perfect Monday film because there does need to be more modern day like original things that aren't just reboots and remakes and sequels and prequels and gritty live action versions of films you liked as a kid and adaptations of manga and comics and just like nobody's just writing a screenplay anymore. 
No. I know obviously people are doing that. There's no re- there's no real originality in Hollywood anymore, to no. be honest. Uh yeah, I I would I would happily watch more like uh historical comedies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Blackadder. Mm-hmm. Bring that bring Blackadder back, why not? No, we're talking we need original stuff. Stop we need some rebooting no, and bringing not, things no, back. Well Blackadder it can be original, just just have the name because Blackadder was um like each um, almost each series pretty much was like was a different mm-hmm. era because they had they had one set in 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 um in the war they had one set in i don't know like uh france in, in during Pimpin- the renaissance yeah, like or something like that france uh yeah so uh i i think you could you could use the name but have original cast original characters i think that would be quite yeah just use the name and get people in yeah i do agree that period comedies it's actually probably a really good idea i don't know why i haven't thought about this before because modern day comedies are just these well-lit relatively handsome people over the top acting at each other it's always like jason bateman or seth rogan just like oh isn't this funny they're getting hit in the nuts and they're just a businessman trying to be a businessman but the wife's pregnant and far away or like they can't get to work or something yeah, historical th- comedy is actually a really good idea. I think I think I'm not sure if if I'm right here, but I f- I feel like historical comedies were usually kind of a British thing. They definitely yeah. This film felt very much like a almost like it could have been an old school British TV show in yeah, like the nineties or noughties. Yeah, and because and because British sense of humor is very very different from like typical American sense of humor mm-hmm. uh, that you'd find in most comedy films or or, or series because. British sense of humor is very self-deprecating. Yeah. Um. And and I I think you need that in uh, in a historical piece because or maybe you don't. I don't. I, I, it might just be because that's my sense of humor. I don't know. Yeah, I think especially if you're gonna do something really dour. Um. I mean, there's a, the self-deprecating thing works because of things like wealth and power disparity, which traditionally in history are the things you you focus on. So you need to be at a bring down the rich and powerful like Hitler or Henry Vieira or Stalin mm. or whoever. I think it's a shame that we don't get more, not period comedies, but like the comedy is very much like you say, it's generic, it's American traditionally. We could do with more like, I would like to see all franchises try a comedy. Like imagine it's just a, it's just a normal comedy film, but it's set in the Star Wars universe. Or it's just a normal comedy film, but it's set in Gotham. Yeah, yes. Yeah, well... Uh, to be honest, I don't know how you'd get a comedy film in Gotham because I think the whole point of Gotham is it's very dark, dreary, and depressing. Can't we just go in Nazi Germany? You know what? Yeah, I stand corrected. <laughs> you, you're right. You're very, very right about that. I would, I would watch that. Like it's about like a henchman or something. I would watch that. Oh yeah, totally. That sounds cool. Yeah. Actually, Max Landis, who he might be a bad person. He I'd... might be a bad person. I can't prove that he is, and I can't prove that he isn't. I I like some of what he makes. Um, he's just posted on, I think it was on Instagram. He posted a link to a script that he's written that I just I think isn't just it's just not being made. It's just something he wrote for fun called The Henchman. So maybe actually he's beating us to it. <laughs> I would love it if mm-hmm. that was the case. <laughs> he also wrote a film one time I think about a town of dwarves that were. Th- there was like a murderer, murderer loose in a town of dwarves, and a detective had to go and solve it. I think <laughs> it sounds quite strange. Like it, I don't understand the. I mean, we have digressed incredibly fast. Yeah, we were talking about uh, a period. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy. Uh, is the draw there that there there are dwarves in it? Because that, I don't know if that's offensive or not. 
Like that's the only reason that you make it. Anyway, let's go back to the well, to I'm the topic. Cut all of that. that was that was just us on the weirdest tangent. Um, it looked yeah. This I something else I would say about it is it looks great. We were talking before about the budget required and then it costs a lot of money to make stuff look it, like it's yeah. It wouldn't be su- It wouldn't surprise me if if like a a heavy majority of the budget was on like costumes alone. Yeah, because I mean, there's some pretty famous people in this. Probably Sam Rockwell. I was gonna say Sam Rockwell's probably the most famous person in this. Scarlett Johansson's pretty famous as well. But I th- they're both they're both Marvel-ish. Obviously, Taika Waititi is as well. He's probably got. I think that's how he got Scarlett Johansson in this. Is he like through meeting her through S- like that? Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah, he's, he's it, just in Hammer. Yeah, he's Hammer, isn't he? But it? he's yeah. been in like shorts and stuff as well for him. Yeah. And he was in Iron Man three as well as Justin Hammer again. Yeah, he's in the end, he's in the post credit scene because the Mandarin goes to prison and he's there like this guy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably like yeah. That might be why they've worked yeah. together in the past. But I can't see this being a very high budget film. No. Is where we were going. No. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not, there's no, there's no like great deal of special effects, which I think quite a lot of movies like the sink a huge portion of their budget mm-hmm. into. So it's this is probably one of those movies where it's a small investment and then it's going to get a massive return later on. Yeah, like the first Paranormal Activity. Yeah, like that only that cost was made like... for like twenty quid, <laughs> and uh, they made millions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I do agree with what you said though about the lack of special effects, even though there is like a fair amount of old school looking combat, like gunfire and explosions and stuff. It seems pretty practical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I I saw a part where like a I don't know some rubble just bounces off Jojo and he doesn't is doesn't even phase him. So it, it could be better, but mm-hmm. it um it doesn't need to be. No, and that's you know that's probably them throwing foam rocks at a kid and him just like getting on with it. Yeah, exactly. But it looks good when he's when he's thrown across the room by the grenade. That looks pretty cool. Oh yeah, it looks. <laughs> And it just ragdolls yeah. like ten yeah. meters. <laughs> Considering it's a child getting getting blown up by a grenade, it's, it's hilarious. Re- it's real funny. He's <laughs> just like, it's like. Do you remember that game that he used to go on in IT class, and it was like a fat ball man, and it was just like, how many ways can you kill him? But he's unkillable, and he just dropped loads of grenades in, oh. and just, just throw it across the yeah, room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ragdoll physics probably isn't great, but it makes it funny to watch. No, I mean, like, you, he clearly had, like, um, a, like a, a, a wire attached to him, and then he just pulled him back. Yeah. Um, it's an unnatural movement. It's an overreaction, but also an underreaction as well. Because in real life, obviously, that child would be dead. Yeah. Uh, but it it was it was a it was a funny grenade explosion. There, another practical effect: the roasted unicorn head. That Hitler eats. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah, just yeah. like somebody's made what looks like a meat unicorn, like a unicorn head out of meat. Yeah, it's what I thought was really funny about that is the idea that it's just been skinned and roasted to be eaten. Like because the idea is that in this kid's head, Hitler eats unicorns. He's so amazing and special. The horn was made out of meat as well, which I think is very funny. The idea that you can shave a horn and it's just like a loose meat horn on the inside, oh, <laughs> like God. like a lobster, like. The the image of that of, of of if that was a real unicorn is disgusting. Just like this loose meat horn. Oh moment. no, I do not like that at all. On the front of his head, like you know, if you take a like you crack open a lobster claw and you rip the meat out, it's almost like got a little skin around it, and it's like the shape of the lobster claw. It's real gross looking. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I imagine. The, like you crack you crack the hot the base of the horn, 
take it off like an ice cream cone and just this like loose meat horn flops onto the unicorn's forehead. Oh, that's that's a disturbing mental image. Yeah, and but it looked delicious. Oh yeah, Hitler seemed to really enjoy it. If that was real, I might eat unicorns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't believe Hitler eats unicorns. It's fantastic. I I can totally believe Hitler eats unicorns. (laughs) He's a great guy. He deserves whatever he wants. Let's agree to disagree on that. Um, what else can we talk about in this movie? We're coming up to an hour. This is the longest we've ever... I mean, we're not taking some of it out, but mm. it's probably the longest we've ever recorded. And I think that's just because this is such a good film and it's not a generic film. It's really like... It's an... I, don't, I wouldn't call him an auteur, but it's like it's a it's a director and a writer's vision and he's just done it and he's got so much faith. Like, the studios have got so much faith in him. They just let him make this movie. They give him money to be like, yeah, I'm making this comedy, comedy in quotation marks you can't see where I play as kid's imaginary friend Hitler and it works yeah. and it's good yeah. and I hope it makes does well because I want to see him do more of his own stuff obviously I want to see him do he's going to do Thor again I know people have said is he going to sort of try and move between these little or smaller budget independent stuff and then the big blockbuster movies does that go well not normally people can't do it you know who who he reminds me of in terms of like his career path mm-hmm Edgar Wright. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see a sort of like a him, Edgar Wright, James Gunn, that sort of the funny guys doing who are really good at making. They can make these little independent films, but then they can also go straight into making these big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the studios trust mm-hmm. them enough to let them put their own spin on it as well. But not James Gunn. They, don't, they, they fire him. Mm. Oh, and Edgar Wright, they fired him as well uh, yep. from Ant-Man. <laughs> well, well, guess what? He's not going to make Love and, Th- uh, Love and Thunder, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's going to get fired. Oh, damn. They've lost a good one. That's a real shame. But he's in... I'm glad that he's just doing stuff as well. And this is just like... We've talked about the film. Now we're just really appreciating Taika Waititi. He's doing Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds this year. Is that him? He's not making it, but he's in it. Oh, sweet. You know, you know what else is great about him? Mm-hmm. His name. What a great name that is. That we may have been mispronouncing this whole time. I, I, I think we probably would have been. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we're nailing this. And I was like, you're really confident about our ability. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in... I'm sure he's doing something else as well. Yeah, I hope he um, does... I hope he does more. I hope he gets more involved in the Marvel stuff. I know there was talk of like, with Kevin Feige taking a step up, maybe like doing more producery stuff, maybe having that role of like the overseer of the films and stuff and the connectivity of that universe. There was talk at one point of that stuff being done by James Gunn because they were going to move more, even if he just looks after the cosmic-y stuff, just because it looks like, I think, I mean, personally at least, that they're going to go more cosmic over the next sort of couple of phases. And then you need somebody to come in and do more movies. I would like to see, I would like to see Tiger Atiti do other things other than just Thor. Yeah. and this Maybe is a... have him make the comedy set, like a comedy set in the Marvel Universe, which I guess is what Thor Ragnarok is. Although I wouldn't call it a comedy. I would say, I would, comedy I would... action. I would say it's, it's comedy disguised as a superhero mm-hmm. movie, to be honest. I would like to see just like a straight-up comedy in the Marvel Universe, though. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. There was talk of it. We started talking about something else completely different again, haven't we? Yeah, well, we're talking about <laughs> comedies set in places where they are set in comedies. Yeah, I mean, there was talk of that the clean-up crew. Damage Control. That's it, yeah. Yeah, they kind of do a crap, really serious version of them in... Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. Yeah, they were just straight up assholes. Mm-hmm. So, good movie. Enjoyed my time. It was fun. Worth uh, the money. Glad I paid for it. It was bad. Yeah, I think we've really we've really summed up some big topics in just under an hour. <laughs> I'm glad we got there. 
Um, and hopefully, yeah, I hope, I hope if you saw it, and even if you didn't see it, if you just like listening to us talk about films that you haven't seen, like a weirdo, I hope you, you enjoyed it as well. I hope as well that the audio is getting better, sort of time and time again. I will stop waiting till the end of the podcast and just bringing up the audio every single time, because I know people don't care. We are learning as we go here, people. We're, we're really doing our best. I think this is our best episode yet, though, not to, not to pat ourselves on the back. And maybe it's because we're reviewing the best film yet that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've only seen three this this year, to be honest. Uh, to be fair, I mean. Uh, but yeah, uh, I had a, a good time talking about this one. There was quite a lot to talk about. Uh, and I'm trying to think what movies we could see in the near future. I know Bad Boys Two is out, 1917, which I mentioned. Bad Boys Two is out. Bad Boys Three. I mean, Bad Boys Three. Bad Boys Three for life. <laughs> Bad Boys Thirty for life. They should have saved that title for the fourth one. Oh, we're um, going to talk about all this next week. Cause I have so many, I have so many thoughts <laughs> on the titling process. Yeah, there was, of a, there Bad was Boys. a little, uh, there was a little preview of next week's discussion. And there, it's a Michael Bay film, which means we're going to have lots to say about it. Yeah, mostly about the explosions and the American flags and the military trucks. And <laughs> but finally, we get so, to talk so, about a Will Smith movie <laughs> in an actual Will Smith podcast. <laughs> So join us next week for the Will Smith cast. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.